The day is Tuesday the 8th of August. I'm Jason England and welcome to Learn Something, where I fill your precious brain space with weird and wonderful facts from the world of technology, science and geek culture. And I promise that you will go away from this learning something that you've never known before. And today, carrying on this wonderful theme of alliteration, is Technology Tuesday. On today's episode, we've got Apple and their mysterious games console, the first evidence of um, bots that spreads fake news, the Windows 7 Whopper Burger, and the real price of Bitcoin. Stick around, this one's going to be a fun one. I'm going to kick off today's episode with trivia time. Now, I asked you a question around a particularly controversial Game of Thrones character known as Theon Greyjoy. You may know him. Um, But in real life, it turns out he has a famous sibling. And I asked you to name the sibling. Well, the answer to that question is... With a very pathetic drum roll on my desk. Lily Allen, the famous English singer who actually wrote a song called Alfie about this about Theon Greyjoy, who is actually known as actor Alfie Allen. Now, I'm going to have another question at the end of the show, so do stick around for that and do call in with your answers. I will echo every single answer I get. And now we kick off with Bitcoin, the online cryptocurrency that seems to have exploded over the past few years. Now, here's a good one for you. If you had invested $100 in Bitcoin on the 1st of January 2011, you would have made 1,116%. Sorry, 1,116,567% return on investment. So you will get over $1,100,000 in profits. That is mental. So the standard currency has just been on the rise more and more and more since the beginning of its since its infancy. It's been absolutely crazy to see. And it's one of those things that just kind of shows to you what the benefits of an early bet like that is on the stock market. So for context, if you'd have invested the same amount of money, $100, in the beginning of 2015, that would have grown to $967. That's nearly a 1,000% return on investment. Um, And it just goes to show that unless I'm missing something and it's a bubble that's going to burst, Bitcoin is a pretty good place to put some money away. Next up, we turn to self-driving cars, which are the future, but are humans ready for them? Well, with stories like this coming out, it's going to take us a long time to actually trust them. You see, self-driving cars usually work on image recognition, so basically a load of cameras around the car that sense the surroundings around them. And specifically, they look at road signs, analyze them, and dictate what the car should do based on them. So if it sees a stop sign, the car will stop at the junction. So it turns out that there's a very easy way to hack this, which 
All you need is some stickers and a pen. Um, this team over at the University of Washington have found that through defacing street signs, they've learned it's relatively easy to throw off an autonomous vehicle's image recognition system. So if hackers know how a car classifies the objects it sees, they can generate stickers that can trick the car into believing a sign really means something else. So, for example, um, the pictures that they have up here is a red stop sign that they've put the words love, stop, hate on um, and they've put it all in different colours. Now, what that's actually done is it's tricked the car into thinking that this is a speed limit sign, meaning that the car will continue straight out over the junction. And that is terrifying. <laughs> and to combat this, the British government are looking into um, implementing new guidelines um, on network security of those connected vehicles, which, are for which would force car companies to keep all models up to date and call for strategies to minimise any potential vulnerabilities and limited use of any personal data. While this should all be good, no matter what is put in place to make you st statistically safer than you could ever be driving a car yourself, nobody is going to trust a self-driving car for a long time to come and i get the data i get that driverless cars are in fact safer than human drivers which demonstrates how we really should take the human margin of error out of equation but unfortunately especially in these current political climates numbers are 100 percent irrelevant in the face of opinion and it's gonna take a long time to kind of train that whole idea of a human feeling safe when they're in control of a car compared to taking the hands off the wheel and it's going to take a long time to actually get people around to that you can read my opinion on this at newrisingmedia.com i wrote a piece called why nobody will buy self-driving cars for a long time to come and now we turn to fake news that commonly coined term by donald trump and the sheer hypocrisy around it that has come out in terms of the fake stories that have been surrounding this character. Now, recently, first evidence has been found that shows that bots on social media have played a major role in spreading this news. Automated accounts that are programmed to spread fake news, which is according to a systematic study of the way online misinformation spreads. So clearly we need a way to limit this diffusion of fake news and that raises an important question, which is how? And through the work of Chen Cheng Xiao and pals at Indiana University in Bloomington, for the first time these guys have systematically studied how fake news spreads on Twitter and provide a unique window into this murky world. Their work suggests clear strategies for controlling this epidemic. So. At the issue is the publication of news that is false or misleading. So widespread has this become that a number of independent fact-checking organizations have emerged to establish the veracity of online information, such as Snopes.com, PolitiFact, and FactCheck.org. And 
throughout these 400,000 claims made by these websites and studied the way they spread through Twitter, they collected 14 million tweets to figure this, to figure it out. And what they found is the social bots are very much at the beginning of it. Automated accounts are particularly active in the early spreading phases of viral claims and tend to target influential users, which is a pretty clever strategy. Humans can be easily fooled by automated accounts and can unwittingly see the spread of fake news. These results suggest that curbing social bots may be an effective strategy for mitigating the spread of online misinformation, say Xiao and Co. Which is an interesting conclusion, but just how it can be done isn't clear yet. So the only thing that I could personally advise to you at the moment is just to simply Google search things. When you see a story, if you think it sounds outlandish, or if you know it sounds outlandish, or even if you're only ever so slightly suspicious about it, just Google search the headline. Your top story is usually going to be from these top fact-checking websites that can then tell you whether it's real or it's fake. And now we head back into the history of computing. On this very day in 1980, something called Project Chess got approval. Now, what exactly is that? Well, the Project Chess team at IBM showed a prototype microcomputer to their corporate management. The management gives approval for the team to build an operational computer within a one-year deadline to compete in the rapidly emerging personal computer market. One year and four days later, this particular Project Chess became the IBM PC, and the rest is history, as they took over the entire world of personal computing, until a certain Apple showed up. And speaking of Apple, did you know that Apple launched a gaming console? Yep, that's right, around the time of the original PlayStation, and also the Nintendo 64 at the time, um, Apple wanted a piece of that market. They went straight in for it with the Pippin. Quite a questionable name. Um, this probably ranks pretty highly in terms of failures alongside iTunes Ping, if you can remember that social network, um, and the Apple Power Mac G4 Cube. So, Going into a bit more detail about it specifically, before Apple was dominating the handheld gaming market with iOS devices, it tried its hand at building a fully fledged console. The Apple designed Bandai built Pippin was meant to be a games console and a network computer. It accomplished neither of those. With a market ruled by Sega and Nintendo, and Sony soon after that, it was hard for Apple to get an in without strong software titles and a price that dwarfed the Genesis and Nintendo gaming system. Out of the 100,000 models built, rumour has it that only 42,000 were sold. But at least we know where Nintendo got the idea for its N64 controller, as you can quite clearly see if you ever Google search an image of the Apple Pippin. And finally, we turn our attention to a Fitbit for the blind. Yep, that's right. So while the Fitbit wearers find 
amusing way to skip steps, whether that's to juggle the accelerometer in the actual device or attaching the device to hamster balls, ceiling fans and power tools, a new wrist gadget aims to make sure others never, never miss one. Named the Sunu Band Smartwatch, so search for S-U-N-U. Designed for people with visual impairments, it uses a sonar sensor to detect objects and people within a 15-foot range. When it does, it gently vibrates to alert the wearer, changing intensity as an object or person gets closer. Wearers can also customize their device using an iPhone app via Bluetooth, adjusting for walking speed and to make buzzers stronger or weaker. This will start shipping from the company which is based in Boston and Mexico for, 200, for, for prices from $249 to $299 later this month with a $50 shipping fee to the UK. This is incredible. I absolutely love reading this sort of thing where technology is used for good. It's not just used for consuming content. There's something in it that is pretty amazing like this. As Fernando Albertorio told the MIT Technology Review, I feel much more confident moving around these spaces where normally, instead of walking faster, I'd be like, oh, where am I going? Who is a legally blind person? It's, it's just amazing. It's, it's got the potential to be the Fitbit for the blind, which measures steps, tells time, helps users find frequently used objects, and to generally navigate around their world. Good work. And now it's time for my daily opportunity to test your brain. It's time for Trivia Time. Entering is easy. All you got to do is call into the Anchor Station. If you're listening to this on podcast, you'll find it on anchor.fm slash newrisingmedia. If you're listening to this on Anchor already, hi. The question today is about the iPhone. That's right. The very device you're probably listening to this on. So, human life is comprised of about 30 of the 118 elements on the periodic table. How many is in your iPhone? So to ask that question differently, how many elements on the periodic table are needed to make the iPhone that is in your hand? So this is going beyond silicon, aluminium, potassium and oxygen, but there's so many more in there and the number is a little bit mind-blowing. Okay, so ground rules. Don't Google it. Just please don't Google it. It, it kind of ruins the game. Um, best guesses, call in. Or if you're not calling in on Anchor, then obviously I've got a discussion panel. You just tap the comment button. And yeah, comment on a segment, call in on this segment, and let me know what you think. And that's it. Thank you so, so much for listening. Now, this station is officially in the top 500 of the Anchor FM stations. That is amazing. Thank you all so much for joining me on this wonderful, wonderful journey through the strangest possible facts I can possibly find. Now, if you enjoyed what you're listening to, um, do feel free to favorite the station or applaud the segment that you like the most. 
Um, if you have your own weird and wonderful facts that you want to share with us, I will echo any and all that I do get if you call into this station um, and pop up on the discussion. If there is anything that captures your imagination or anything that you find just a little bit too strange or you want to argue about, then do fire up in the comments. Go Click on the discuss button and let's have a chat. Um, if you listen to this on podcast services, so that's Apple, that's Overcast, that's Google Play, that's Pocket Cast, thank you for listening. It's great to have you all here. Um, please, 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 please subscribe, rate us five stars. All of that helps us so much in terms of getting more listeners and grow this community of people that just love to hear about weird and wonderful facts in the world of technology, science and geeky culture. And all that's left me to say is do not forget to go on to newrisingmedia.com and read the latest blog stories on there. I post every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And you can find us on Twitter at newrising underscore media. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Jason England and using the same address at Snapchat and Instagram. So thank you so much. See you all tomorrow. Bye. Whoa, 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 stop everything. I unfortunately forgot to give you one of these weird and wonderful facts in the world of technology for Tech Tuesday. Sorry, I'm really, really sorry. It's been a very long day at work. Let's just call this the director's cut version of the podcast. Um, So, chances are a lot of you have used Microsoft's Windows 7 operating system. And chances are you saw a lot of the promotional campaign, which was based mostly around newspaper ads, TV ads, a couple of radio ads, some stuff on Facebook and Twitter, just standard stuff. There wasn't really anything overly weird about it. That is, until you look at what they did in Japan, which for the promotion of Microsoft Windows 7, they partnered with Burger King to make the Windows 7 Whopper. The hamburger contained seven stacked beef patties and measured 13 centimeters or five inches high. Now, I'm, I've got a big appetite, I'm not gonna lie. I, I can smash a good burger or two, but that just sounds insane to me. I'm not sure whether I would be brave enough to do that, weighing in an almost 2.2 pounds or one kilo and containing more than 1,000 calories. It was originally planned to be available for only seven days, starting on the 22nd of October 2009. But due to its success in selling 6,000 sandwiches within the first four days, Burger King decided to extend the promotion period an extra nine days, ending on the 6th of November. And the campaign, as you could tell by the sales there, was met with unexpected popularity in Japan, sparking multiple YouTube videos and blog posts about the burger. However, the promotional effort received strong criticism and from business and tech journalists. And, for example, Computer World blogger Preston Graller claimed that it, quote-unquote, could be one of Microsoft's worst promotional ideas ever. Yeah. 